Hello, Kofkin Bond listeners, and welcome to Podcast 11. Uh, we're here to talk about emotional well-being, and I decide that probably Tony and I aren't the experts on this. Very, <laughs> so, very fair call there, Jamie. So <laughs> what we've done, as promised, is we've got in an expert, so I'd like to introduce uh, Kate Thomas to our listeners. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Ooh. thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. It's great to be here, guys. No, so, thank you for coming all the way down for your two-hour drive. And just no to be problem. here to be interviewed. <laughs> So, um, Kate and Tony have a great relationship, and that's why we wanted to get them both in here today um, to discuss some topics that I thought our listeners will love, um, and just to really give us a different gauge on things that we've been talking about. It probably won't sit as much on the financial planning side and link to us, but there will be touch points throughout. Um, Kate, could you give us a little bit of background on yourself, please? Yeah, no problem at all. So... um Oh, where to start? Maybe if I start about, you know, where my journey started in terms of becoming a so-called expert, even though I like to say I'm an expert on nobody else but myself in terms of emotional well-being. Um, And it's been my journey of, I guess, self-exploration to actually get to being that expert on myself because I feel that everybody's different and they all come from different places and different perspectives. Um, So my journey probably started in my teens. And it probably started with disconnection to self rather than connection to self. Um, And if I think back to those days, I was probably quite a sensitive person. Um, I was an elite athlete as well from a young age. I um, spent a few years up at the Australian Institute of Sport playing basketball. And I was a bit of a people pleaser. Um, And I think... In reflection, looking back at that now, I was, like I said, quite disconnected from self. So I've spent from then to probably now at the age of 40 really learning how to connect back to myself and find out what, you know, is the right thing for me in terms of my emotional well-being and self-care. And I think the change, the real change came for me when I was probably around 28 and I went to work for an organisation called Berry Street and was introduced to an amazing man named Dr Bruce Perry, who is a child psychiatrist um, over in America and just does phenomenal work. He um, was the guy that got called in when the Waco siege happened to work with the kids and um, he's a neuroscientist as well. So he introduced me to this world of really understanding internally what, what happens for you when you know you have a bit of trauma in your life. Also introduced the concept of what happens you know, with the brain and the body um, when you're under stress. And when you're under constant and chronic stress, some of the things that that can lead to. Um, so I learned a lot about early childhood development. I learned a lot about trauma and so forth. And I was in that role for about five or six years. And from that point onwards, I just was so interested in um, the internal worlds and the internal working of people including myself so um, I discovered Dr Joe Dispenza a little further down the track and ended up over at Perth at one of his workshops and if you don't know Dr Joe Dispenza he's um, quite a remarkable man as well um, who is kind of a, a real change maker in the world and teaches people how to access their own inner worlds to heal and um I first of all read his book, Breaking the Habit of Being You, and then ended up over in Perth doing his workshop, and I had some real shifts over there. And from there, I was led into um, what I do now as a clinical hypnotherapist, um, that I work with uh, consciousness, energy, and um, hypno. And um, yeah, it's all about going inwards and exploring your worlds and your subconscious programming and changing your subconscious programming so um, you can, I guess, step more into who who you 
you are. So it's a quite a journey. Okay, can I ask a question there? Uh, you mentioned, first of all, Berry Street. For those who don't know about Berry Street, could you just give a, a bit of a background on them, if that's okay? Yeah, of course. Their yeah. head office is actually in Richmond, so just down the road from here. Yeah. Um, but and what you actually did there as well? Yeah, Berry no Street, problem. Yeah. So... Um, their head office is in Richmond, but they're the largest family welfare organisation in Victoria now. They've got offices all over the state. Um, they're mainly a surface provider, so foster care um, and a range of other kinship care, range of other services. They also have a pretty remarkable education program. Um, for kids that are disengaged from education. So these are the children and the, the teens that actually are at the last last stop, really. They've been kicked out of schools or they've had really severe trauma backgrounds and um, they end up in the Berry Street schools. They do an amazing job. Um, and I worked for a part of the organisation called the Berry Street Childhood Institute, um, which was all about developing knowledge, really. So we used to bring out world-renowned, well, they still do, world-renowned practitioners from all over the world and two of them around Australia and so forth. So, yeah, yeah they're a pretty cool organisation. And basically they're all self-funded, aren't they? So it's yeah, not-for-profit. Yeah, not-for-profit, so not yep. right? It's all run on charity. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So if you're listening and you want to donate to a great charity, mm -hmm. Berry, Berry Street are one. Yeah. Yes, no, Boyana and I have had a meeting with them and they are on our list uh, now. So, And thank you for the introduction to that, Kate. <laughs> so, as well for both of us. So, I mean, childhood education is a really big thing for us to be mm. able to help underprivileged kids with education. So, so that was a great introduction. Um, Joe Dispenza. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know Joe Dispenza and Breaking of the Habit of Being Yourself, great book. Fabulous uh, book. That I have read. Um, as well a lot of it goes into things that I think a lot of people more mindful of nowadays um, don't necessarily understand or how to get into it and that's meditation mm -hmm. and one of the questions that I've been asked now that I've been doing meditation for about 18 months every day is but doesn't your mind wander my answer is yes do you want to give a bit of your thoughts on that yeah absolutely yeah. i think there's that um common misperception about meditation that you have to be very zen like to do it and you have to so be you don't have to be a monk no and no. you have to be very clear in the head just to sit down with no thoughts but really what um what you're doing when you're meditating is you're actually noticing those thoughts that are coming into your head and then you're just allowing them to pass again. Mm. Um, and I hear exactly the same thing as you, Tony. People say, but I can't sit there and do it. Well, it's like anything. It's a practice. And I think anything you start, um, you're never going to be great at straight away unless you, you know, have a real talent for it um, and it's that just connecting those synapses so if you want to talk about neuroplasticity and so forth it's repetition repetition and you're connecting those synapses and getting better and better at it as you go and mm. some days are going to be easier than others right would oh, you experience that oh absolutely and I think from from my perspective just the um, amount more of clarity and focus I actually have mm. at work yep uh, I'm not getting distracted by shiny things as I used to always say in here uh, but I think for me, and also just that, um, I suppose not having that heart rate raised during certain, in, mm. you can actually, I can acknowledge and hear what's being said to me rather than having 
a normal or an inbuilt reaction that I would normally have had to, yep. to something being said. Absolutely. And yeah. I always say if I'm – it doesn't have to be just meditation either. People get to these states in different ways. And we've spoken about this with your swimming, mm. Tony, you know, being your head underwater and mm. just being in the flow. And if I think of my brother, he's not going to sit down and meditate, but he surfs. That's yeah. another form. So or going outside for a walk and just being very mindful of what's around you. There's lots of different ways. Um, I find meditation for me is a really valuable thing as well. And um, I always say if I'm not um, practicing that and practicing my own self-care, then I'm not as um, present for everyone else in the world. And, I, and it's exactly what you're saying, more reactive yeah. to people. Yeah. I heard a saying and... Um uh, from I can't remember who said it, but it was a case of when somebody says, oh, I actually don't have time to meditate. And that means you actually need it more mm-hmm. uh, than, than the other people. So, so if you don't have the time, yep. it means you actually really need to make the time. Yeah, and I think yeah. um, you know, in reflection of that as well, it's, um, it's those times that you really aren't doing well that you actually do need to focus more on that self-care. And that's, they are the hardest times to actually, yeah, yeah to do it. I did actually two Christmases ago, Jamie, offer to buy you a Headspace app so you can do meditation. You never bothered taking my $70 off me. Oh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I'll get on to it soon. But <laughs> when you're talking about that meditation, Tony, you were talking about um, not having the time and people saying they're not having the time. We did a podcast not long ago in regards to entrepreneurs. And, yeah. And we talked about, you know, the emotional state that they can go through um, when building a business, you know, plugging hours and becoming lonely. Kate, it'd be good to sort of touch on what are some strategies for them to help develop to to you know get in touch and and you know really grow their emotional well-being in that regard yeah look I think um I've listened to that podcast as well and I think Tony mentioned mindfulness and it's such a word that gets thrown around now and I feel it's a very different than meditation where meditation is quite a long process well it doesn't have to be long but generally that the mindfulness of just becoming self-aware um, in every moment, which is a really hard thing to do when you have so much coming at you. Um, I think it's really important. Um, and I feel if it's a practice, once again, if people can start practicing that, um, mindfulness and just being in the moment rather than ahead, then they're going to actually get more done. Um, because I think with being an entrepreneur, quite often there's overwhelm. Yeah, and for me, I can only talk for myself, but when I feel overwhelmed, I am so less productive. I'm not as productive as I am when I'm kind of just, you know, saying, well, what's important for me right now and Mm. just being in the moment. But I also feel, um, and I think it's a cultural thing that we've, we've all grown up with. Well, I know I have this disconnect from our emotional self um, about, and this disconnect from actually saying I need some help. Um, I think we don't do that well in this culture. Um, We work a lot in isolation and I think, you know, asking for helps are really, like it's vulnerable, but it's a strength. Do you have to acknowledge that you have a problem? Absolutely. Awareness is the first step, isn't it? I was going to say, is it it really a problem or is it just an awareness to say, hey, you know, I might be feeling this and... Well, I think though, just of, um, I mean, it's say, if you take my generation of the 50-ish year olds, um, we were, no. yeah, I am. No. I, I, I know I don't, <laughs> know, so it's, uh, but we, we, we were raised of the, that generation that, you know, boys don't cry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, man up, uh, stop being a princess. 
uh, mate, you're playing like someone who's gay, you know. So all these things where, you know, that was the stuff that was thrown at us mm. um, actually when we were growing up. So I think in some ways, now certainly my father was a big softy, so I was, I was actually quite lucky I didn't get that. So you know, I might have got it more from my mum. <laughs> so it's a smack across the ear. But it was, but I, I think though, when you've grown up with that, it's actually hard as you get older to open up. Mm. And is, is that, Absolutely. do you see that? I mean, you were saying the other day that you have a lot of males. I do have a lot of yes, males. As, and as I, think, clients. I yep. think they find... Um, Myself included, just, yeah. just uh, for full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, yep. Yeah, I, I totally think that. And I have males in my life as well. Um, you know who are exactly like that and I absolutely agree with you and I think that's the start of building this emotional intelligence and I think the first thing you know that's so important for all of us to do is just acknowledge that we have emotions yeah. and that there are no bad emotions there's bad behavior yeah but there's no bad emotions even anger is a really valid emotion because it actually shows us that we care about something yeah, but it's how we express anger, um, you know, and the males are getting a really bad rep for that at the moment. Mm. Um, yep. But, yeah, it's how we express it that is actually the the thing that's always, you know, not so great. But all emotions are okay. It's okay to be, you know, sad. It's okay to be, um, you know, have anxiety. All those things are actually okay because they're human. Yeah. yeah, and it's energy. I always think of it as energy that has to get out of the body. And if we're if we're continuing to repress those things, they're going to come out somehow. Yeah? yeah, it's like holding yourself all day when you've had a really stressful day, and you get home to your safe place, your home, and your family kind of cops it. Yeah. yeah. What, what's some What's some ways? So again, touching on a previous podcast, we I'll actually talk about Tony in this stage, but. He had that day where we talked about where you know visited a client, had a client's funeral, uh, mm-hmm. and then had a very close client of ours come in, and it was about organising all his insurance payouts, and you know he hasn't been well at all, and he just had to terminal brain cancer. Yeah, and yeah, to go into so his tough. to go into his office, 49. to go into his office, and then to sort of leave work straight after that. What's mm. some sort of strategies? What's some ways in which people can sort of handle that? Yeah, um, well, I think Tony, you know, a beautiful way of handling it. You know, he actually said, I'm not doing okay and I need to go and do something for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I need some space to actually process because sometimes those emotions, the grief emotions, they're not just emotions that come in like I always I always think of emotions as a wave you know they they come into the shoreline and they crash and then they come out again and that's what's happening in our bodies it's kind of the science of it not that we're having waves in our bodies but the chemicals Mm. dump and then um, they stay there and they sit there for a bit and then they leave again yeah and emotions are uh, set off by our perception of something that's happening yeah um so i think for tony giving himself that time to actually just go and feel and experience those emotions and process them is a beautiful way of self-care and i think i think that's what happens with with all of us we get into this space something happens that triggers us um, an event or something that happens that's emotional triggers our emotion and you know that wave it's kind of like a chemical dump um, cortisol and everything in our body comes in and a lot of the time we don't actually allow the cycle of the emotion to finish we're off to the next thing yeah before it finishes so I think my thing is and you know you read anything Gottman or any emotional intelligence stuff it's actually being able to 
recognise, so having awareness to start with that this is happening um, and sit with it and just sit with that emotion and allow it to kind of come through and, you know, process it and say it's actually okay I'm feeling this way, yeah, mm. before we move on. And, you know, I feel so lucky to have done this work um, you know, this learning when my kids are quite young. I've got two and a uh, four and a six year old. So I'm very conscious when they're upset to just let them be upset. Yeah. I don't give them, I might have earlier, but you know, give them food to try and suppress it and say, come on, let's move out of it. Emo you know, emotional eating. I put my hand up. My grandma used to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I babysat um, my sister's kid for the first time and she was screaming. I put the TV on and she was fine. So I was good at that. <laughs> or distract. Yeah, distract. Yeah, was, we that do a great that. Technique. Yeah, and you've got to ask. I'm going to introduce you to football. Yeah. yeah. Say, go Tigers. Well, you've got to ask yourself in those moments who's the one that's uncomfortable? Yeah. The child's not. Yeah. Because yeah. they're expressing. It's actually us that are uncomfortable with the emotion, right? It's true. And I, I am an emotional eater. There's yeah. no doubt in that. So it's, um, I don't mind a wagon wheel if I'm feeling down. Yeah, <laughs> and I can put my hand up to that one too. Yes. Yeah. So and I know so. exactly where it came from. Mm, yep. Yep. <laughs> so, what, I mean, we, we do have a lot of, I suppose, inbuilt reactions that have been with us all of our life because of something that happened to us when we'll four or five years old yep. but sometimes we also one of the reasons why i reached out and met you in the first place is we don't understand necessarily why we have these blockages or these roadblocks yep. and being able to find the reasons why so do you, yep. do you want to discuss that a bit yeah absolutely yeah. so i guess it, if i talk a little bit process of what i do um i'm a clinical hypnotherapist but i use a regression technique and um Whatever someone comes to me with, um, we set an intention and suggest, you just say it's anxiety. We set the intention to, you know, go to the core and the source of what caused that anxiety. And a lot of the time people end up in a memory um, and they don't have to consciously remember it because it's a subconscious memory. And we're actually, the interesting thing, I'll just touch on this. The interesting thing is that we are controlled by our subconscious programming 90 to 95% of the time, yeah? If you mm. think of an iceberg, you see what the 10% of the iceberg which sits on top, that's our conscious mind, that's our short-term memory, analytical mind that we think's in charge. But really what's in charge is that subconscious programming which sits under the surface. And that subconscious programming um, is long-term memories, it's beliefs, it's perceptions um, and so forth and it's actually what controls us. So when we're between zero and six we are actually operating in that subconscious mind and this is scientific, they've measured it, they've measured the brain waves um, of children between those ages. So the, the brain waves are lowered and they're in that realm of subconscious. And so what we learn between zero to six becomes our programming, yeah? And we're learning off our parents and so forth. And I always say, you know, our parents did the best with what they had at the time. Yeah. They did the best with the knowledge they had and so forth. And it's kind of their job to, you know, mess us up a little bit so we can find our way in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, some more than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but... 
to heal in the work that I do, quite often clients will land in a memory between zero and six. Mm. Which I know I did when, yeah. when, you, brought, when you did that with me. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's the time when that subconscious programming first started. So it's the first time that a belief showed up. Mm. Yeah, so with anxiety, it could be something around, well, I know it has been with a client. They spilt a, we landed in a memory, they spilt a glass of milk um, and their father had yelled at them, you know, you're hopeless, you spilt that glass of milk, pick it up. Um, and there was this belief that started there about not being good enough. Yeah. And then it continued, you know, something else happened at the age of 12 and something happened at the age of 16, a boyfriend left them for someone else. And then at 26, they had a really big event and their anxiety was absolutely, you know, escalated. So then they started having anxiety attacks. And there's this belief underlying that anxiety about not being good enough. So by going all the way back to that age and working on it from there and changing perceptions and beliefs, it's almost like your, your pain becomes your power. Yeah, because yeah, you look at it from a different point of view in your subconscious. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know from, from my own... Um work that I've done with you for me it was finding why I had why I believed I had these certain blockages mm. and actually going back to that was quite amazing and, and it was interesting because those memories I actually sat down had a great conversation with my mother about it mm. and it was really mind mind-blowing to be honest but I think also from my perspective is that for me, once I understood it and once I knew it, yep. it was actually easier for me to move on. Yep, absolutely. And just say, okay, I get that. Now now I can just go. Yep. <laughs> I have no interest in carrying that baggage anymore. Yep, absolutely. And that's what I think. Um, and it's not just this modality I practice. There's some fabulous, you know, modalities out there. Um, and I always say people are ready for what they're ready for. Um, yeah. So I'm no by means saying that this is the only way to do it. You know, some big, if you have a really big life event and something happens in your life, you know, you hear people say, um, you know, they might have a motorbike accident or come close to death or whatever it is. You hear people say, wow, you know, that's changed everything for me. Mm. So that can that can be a real catalyst for change for people as well. Yeah. What, what are ways that people can start sort of studying themselves in, in, in that sense? Studying themselves? themselves yeah, to, um, start to, to get to know themselves and oh, looking deeper. There's lots of ways. Um, there's well, sorry, sorry, just, just one sorry. thing on that. No, just, just to what Jamie said, I mean... So from my perspective, and I think it might be different for a whole range of people, um, is so for me it was a case of being part of the Million Dollar Business Club, who through Lee I got involved with uh, meditation, got to meet Dr. Richard or Dennis Walken, the Aboriginal uh, guy in Perth. Richard, thank you. So it's uh, that was Boyana mouthing the name at me. <laughs> so it was uh, so it was, uh, but but he was you know he's an Aboriginal elder, and that was actually very intense for me. Uh, apparently, I was snoring during my meditation. <laughs> so it was uh, I don't remember that, but but for me that that was the journey. I ended up reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's book from that really started seeing you know things that i had to do and how i had to change sort of was going in and out a bit and going in and out of flow a bit getting more of an understanding eventually uh reached out to kate and uh done a couple of sessions with kate in regards to understanding my own blockages which has been magnificent but i think when i reached out to kate i was ready mm, uh, and, I, and i searched kate out so kate wasn't a referral yeah. and i've referred a number of people to kate who have all raved 
uh, about her as well, which has been great. But um, for me, it's been actually that's that was my journey. But now out of that, you know, I've gone to um, I suppose I'm open to a whole. Lot, I've I've gone to a deeper level of meditation. You know, so I won't miss it every morning. Uh, you know, I go to sleep with the earplugs in. Uh, to special meditation I wake up every morning it's just the first thing that actually happens mm. so so for me that would that was a journey but I suppose for other people there's well, a whole range I, of other I, things I, I think right? you've touched on a beautiful point Tony you did something different you yeah. did something different. And Certainly I think out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and I think yep. that's what it is. Thankfully, there's a whole bunch of other people doing yep. it. It was easier for me to <laughs> fit in. But I think yeah. that's what it is. I mean, how do you find, how do you change anything about yourself if you don't step out of your comfort zone and do something different? Yeah. And how do you expand your, because so I feel like it's all about expanding your awareness mm. of yourself and others. I really do. And I think that's exactly what it is. It's step out of your comfort zone and do something different. And if it feels uncomfortable, like to the point of, you know, you know, you're going to have an anxiety attack about it, maybe it's not the right thing. But if it feels a little bit uncomfortable, you know, just explore it. Yeah. Sometimes uncomfortable can just be a case of they feel embarrassed or, you know, or stupid or or, or does this make me sound like a bit of a weirdo? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think anything that kind of, my big thing is and I think Tony everything you've spoken about you've spoken about looking inwards instead of outwards for validation Mm. so you've talked about going in when I say going in to yourself I mean into your mind into your body really feeling you know what it feels like to go inwards rather than outwards because we spend our whole life going outwards you know, we spend, well, I know I used to, looking for other people to validate, you know, who oh, I am, buying absolutely. things, yeah. eating things, you know, to fill gaps and holes. Mm. I'm not saying I still don't do that. Cause, I you still know, like a wagon Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, even because, if I'm not feeling down, I still yeah. like a wagon <laughs> so it's a, Or five wagon wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get our brownie today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I told him. I said, no, uh, I've done enough walking. I'm not going down the bakery. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. And I think it's the world we live in. We don't all need to be Zen Buddhist monks, you know. Yeah. But I think if you can spend a little bit of time having a look in instead of constantly looking out and constantly you know rushing around in life mm. then you're going to start a journey yeah and it doesn't matter what journey you start um it's just building self-awareness but it was like, it was like jamie when you think about it i you know i said to you here's what we're going to build so here's what you're going to do so it was that's, um, that's just employer relationship isn't that's it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh so it's uh and here's how it's going to be done and you know so we had a thought process but then uh, I think I had too many wagon wheels one weekend and I came back because I don't drink so I have to go to wagon wheels but <laughs> came back and said mate if we can do this why can't we do it 10 times bigger mm. you know so why can't we achieve it 10 times bigger but then and and that just came to me and kept hitting me and hitting me and hitting me so I owned that and I saw the look of horror on your face because the, the first goal was was a stretch goal the 10 times bigger is well we just have to do it but yeah. Out of that, we and through for me through the meditation, through having that clear mind, and then I when I reached out to Kate the first time, I reached out with the intention because I wanted to know why did I want it to mm. be this big. Mm. I didn't understand that. I knew it could be done. I knew it was going to be really hard, but I didn't understand why I wanted it. And yeah. and it was actually so for me, 
uh, with Kate was actually understanding the, the real understanding. And for me, it was charity. And and who yeah, came so. who came up with that? Like who discovered that? It wasn't me leading you to that, was it? No, no, no. no but that was my um, reason for reaching out. Yeah. Trying to understand why, because yep. it it yeah. I suppose for me, if I didn't understand the reason why. Them, why are we doing this? You know, so are we? Are we doing? The, am I doing this for ego? Yeah. And and for me, it was about building our charitable foundation and being mm-hmm. able to donate bucket loads to be able to help underprivileged children. You yeah. know, so it, with education. Yeah. And I just can I just yeah. clarify what you're talking about as yeah. well, Tony. So the work um, that I do is very client focused, very client centered. Mm. Um, it's not me sitting there telling. Tony, if you're talking about a client, Tony, um, where he needs to go and telling him what he's seeing and so forth. It's actually Tony going inwards to his own being or person or mind Mm. and coming up with his own answers. So um, it's very self-empowering. It's not me leading him in any way. Um, Yeah, so it's a really, it's self-empowering, I'd say. Would you agree? I think so, Uh, very much so. And we know Boyana won't answer this verbally, but for the next three days, it was just, (laughs) was it it a fair call that I just didn't shut up? I wrote it all down, I sat it out. Here's how we're going to do it. But everything came to me and how we're going to achieve that goal Mm. once I understood the reason why I wanted to achieve it. And another really good point here, I think, to make is that um, it's a, I think what I'm trying to say, it's an absolute two-way dance. So um, it's me as a practitioner and anyone else who practices this modality of um, heart energetics, we've just had a name change. Um, It's really as much up to the client as it is up to me. Yeah. So if a client, I can't make a client go anywhere or do anything. I can't. I can try and put them under um, trance, but if they're not ready to go or they don't want to go, then... I can't do yep. much about that. So um, it's about you know the client wanting to come and do the work, as it is about me really holding the space and using my skills. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of you know you've got to be ready for it and you've got to want it and be yep. open to it. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's um, I think that's I mean for me that's I think how it was really working. So yep. it's, it's it was a great introduction. I think. Mm. But I think too though that. You know, you don't just have to be a business owner. I think there's a. I think we all have blockages and mm-hmm. and paths and walls and everything in our way. That's just part of life. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually finding, or first of all, understanding what they are before they ruin you. Uh, I think that's that's one of the amazing parts, and especially for all of our clients, is you know, there's there's no use having this wonderful financial existence only to be gone at the age of sixty. and and actually not have that relationship or be able to build that relationship you know so and stress is a stress is a huge contributor isn't it and holding it in you know it's not just the stress and sometimes stress can be released by anger yep but then that anger creates more stress around you because everyone around you is then stressed and walking on eggshells as a whole it can be just that vicious circle yeah. and, then, and then you get it from your kids and you wonder why your kids haven't turned out good because they're running around angry because yeah. um, you know, so I, I just sometimes think it's a real vicious circle yeah. and it's interesting our stress has changed hasn't it since um, our, our stress has changed but our brains and our bodies haven't changed since caveman days you know when we had real stresses like the saber-toothed tiger yeah, yeah you know um, and we'd have our, our flight of of 
flight fight yeah. and freeze um, was designed for those times, but it hasn't changed. So now our stresses are perceptions or emotional stresses, you know, stuck in traffic and we're reacting. Um, Not well someone says, <laughs> Yes, someone <laughs> says something we to us. We live in Melbourne, right? <laughs> you yeah, just Yeah, and we're reacting, you know. Yeah. So um, we're not actually... Like I said before, we're not getting through those stress responses like we used to. We used to run and we used to get to our cave and we used to be safe and then we used to process it. We don't do that anymore. And quite often what's happening is we're getting triggered, as you're saying, with stress over and over again, maybe 20, 30, 40 times a day. And that's chronic stress. Mm. And chronic stress will shut down the digestive system, raise the heart rate, you know, heart disease. Um, immune system suppresses the immune system because what's actually happening is all the energy has to go to our muscles so we can fight or flight or freeze yeah so it's a very different thing these days and I feel that unless we build real self-awareness around what are our triggers um, and how we respond to them and that's emotional intelligence yeah. then you know chronic stress is just going to continue to be such a huge thing in the world. Okay, just um, on that, I know you work with uh, groups you did, um, I think a session the other week for practitioners who yes. look after, I think, sexual abuse victims, yeah, is that right? Yeah, and first responders. First responders. And mm. the, the conversation that uh, we are having the other day is that, you know, I've got a number of friends who are lawyers, as an example, mm. and their entire existence and day is about confrontation. Yeah, it's, it's about arguing. And, yeah. you know, so so in regards to self-responders, uh, first, first responders, in regards to counsellors for sexual abuse victims and things like that, mm. their own self-care, mm. you know, so it's something that I know you work on. Do you want to touch on that, what you do for yeah, groups? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it's similar, actually. It's just... Um it's around emotional well-being and um, we do a lot around building awareness around triggers and so forth for those groups mm. we talk a lot about self-care and it's just the little things in the day that people can do for themselves to get themselves grounded and out of that cycle of stress response um, and one of the things we talk a lot about is breathing mm. so some techniques that we we discuss quite a lot are just the belly breathing so bringing the breath through your belly and up into your chest whenever you're starting to feel that response hit um, and that's having awareness so you yeah. know when it's going to actually well you know when what is going on with your body and you have awareness around that so you know when it's coming and the other one is the box breathing so have you done box breathing before no it's a very simple technique just you can put something in your box if you want and you, anyone can do it anywhere and it's um it's just i guess drawing a box within your mind and using your breath to draw the box so drawing the side of the box for three seconds holding it across the top for three seconds releasing the breath for three seconds and then back down again it's just a just very good i was just anchor. doing it as you're saying yes. why are you doing it so i just see my belly rolling that's all <laughs> i was doing <laughs> So some really good anchors. And the other thing, I mean, self-care, um, and this is something we say as well, it's a very personal journey. So for what, what works for someone's not going to work for anyone else. But yeah. the other thing that we talk a lot about with them is actually knowing who you can talk to, you know, identifying five people in your life who you can actually ask for help or ask to help you with that. Because mm. in, a, in a day, people get so busy, they're not necessarily... Um, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. Not, not necessarily going outside 
and going for a walk in nature or yeah. so we we talk a lot about the moment to moment things that people can do yeah yeah rather than because sometimes the big stuff's hard yeah. yeah sometimes people are working 60 hour weeks and can't get to the gym every morning or so yeah even some little brain hacks um if you're in that activated state having a glass of water will trick your brain into thinking you're safe okay. because you're not being chased by a saber-toothed tiger if you're drinking a glass of water. I'll drink about nine litres of water a day. <laughs> I should be the safest person around. Or going, just walking even, yeah. walking up and down because if you're being, once again, chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you're not going to be walking. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, we're going to the football the other week and walking through Fitzroy Gardens here and Josh, Josh turned around to us and said, um, oh, this is where I go for a walk to see the fairies. I said, I beg your pardon. I thought he'd been smoking something he's not allowed to. <laughs> so it's, um, and he goes, no, every so often I go for a walk over to Fitzroy Gardens, take my shoes and socks off, walk across the grass to the fairy gardens. Oh, how gorgeous. And I just thought, wow, where'd you get? And he goes, I remember going there when I was like in grade three at school. Yeah. And he just walks across there and, you know, so he has his, he has his little, fifty you know, 15 minute break. And, you know, yep. and I just thought that's fantastic. Yep. So, of course, I haven't done it uh, <laughs> since he said it, but I, I just thought it's actually... You know, it's, at, at first I didn't know what Dali was talking about, but but it was good to actually know that he just goes out there and yeah, you know, do that. And you you do that every so often. Yeah. Uh, you go across the Fitzroy Gardens and get, just sit get away, get away from you for fifteen yeah. minutes yeah. and just refresh myself. Yeah. Surprised you don't need half an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well, a, I think we yeah. have. I think that's the other thing to quickly touch on because I know we're running out of time, but um, I think we have more control than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. You know, like I think quite often we give our power away to things, um, saying we don't have control over them. But the things we don't have control over, things that happen to us, we still have control over our response to them, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and the other stuff about I don't have enough time in the day and so forth, we absolutely have control over that. Absolutely we do. Yeah. And so you I do think, have time to go to the gym even yeah. if you work a 16 hour week. <laughs> so I think so a lot of the a, time people are yep. giving their power away or being, you know, blaming or in that victim space instead of actually just standing in that power and saying, well, actually, I do have time for myself. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of us feel like we don't have time for ourselves. Yeah. There just seems to be a lot of first world anger going on in the world yeah. at the moment, and especially around election time. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's uh, not talk about politics. No, so it's, uh, but there does seem to be a lot of that first world anger going on at the moment. So, yeah. so Kate, we do have a weekend of breathing ahead of us. We do. <laughs> so Very excited. Uh, yeah, so to learn something new, expand the minds, yep. which is looking really forward to so um now i'm sure you don't mind if we put links to your website um, no that's fine et cetera, if that's okay on and this i hope podcast. it's made sense <laughs> no I I, I I i you're here because i have sat through with you and i know what it is and i said to the guys we have to get kate in uh to speak to all of our clients and then i said and as per we grow we'll hire her full time to be able <laughs> so she, so you you could actually have help with having to put up with me can handle that so, and no, i think i think our listeners will love it the feedback will be fantastic yeah no wonderful kate thank you very much sincerely appreciate you making the time to come down today thank you guys yeah. really appreciate it you having me thank, thank you, you.